Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I'm so excited for our guest today because for a few reasons, just the the title that he proposed is like so talking my language. It's like get your to-do list off your freaking to-do list and put it on your calendar. You guys hear me say that all the time. And as I was reviewing everything yesterday, I'm like, okay, so when you have a to-do list, it makes your income go down, which is the freaking truth because you get caught up in so many things. We're going to talk about that today and really how to strengthen the mind. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Jared, welcome to the show today. (laughs) Happy to be here. It's going to be a great call. I'm so excited. Before we jump in to like the good stuff in the guts, just give us a brief overview, a background of how you got into where you are today in leading and teaching people what you're doing. Uh, so in a previous life, I was professional classical musician. Um, wow. I was the principal viola with the South Carolina Philharmonic. And during that time, I would go and teach people in the business space. Um, I guess I kind of grew up entrepreneurial, but um, I would teach them how to access different parts of their brain on demand. Um, and by doing this, it changed their innovation. It changed their creativity. It changed their leadership. It, I mean, it just it gave them access to these new networks in their body and new thinking patterns um, so that they could just, whoa, life was a whole lot easier. Uh, They stopped hitting the same obstacles. And so I was doing that while I was a classical musician, um, showing them some of the tricks and techniques and how you learn to think from different viewpoints um, by going through your body. And then about 10 years ago, I thought it was cool. Yeah, (laughs) like it's just, it's fascinating. And then, okay, 10 years ago, what happened? Yeah, and then about 10 years ago, um, I was at a conference and uh, the person in line next to me, um, they're like, hey, have you, have you ever taken the mind scan? I'm like, no, no, I haven't. And so I, I took the mind scan then. Um, and if you guys are on video, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold up a picture of it so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And this was just, this was like life-changing for me um, because what, what the mind scan did is it maps out how you were currently using your mind. Um, I could show you how to access different points of your mind on demand and how to tap into clarity and confidence at the push of a button. I could show you how to do that. What I couldn't do was show you what you were currently leveraging. And so when the mind scan came along, um, that just completely derailed what I was doing. Um, And I left the world of classical music and I went into full-time uh, mindset. So we've got a mindset gym, you come in and do mindset pushups. And that's what installs inside you, like you literally feel the clarity that you had been missing and the confidence that you needed to succeed at the next level. Um, and we do that with the mindset pushups. 
the MindScan is a Nobel nominated way of mapping out what your success is going to look like. Um, and so over the past 10 years, it's just been mindset only. Um, but yeah, my background was uh, classical music, a, a short little anecdote. Um, I don't know, this might be interesting for, for some folks when you were engaged in music, um, even if you're just like singing to the radio, driving down the road, um, or clapping your hands at a concert or something like that, um, when you're engaged in co-creating music, you are using more different parts of your brain than any other time of your life. Um, and this is a sharp contrast with things like athletic performance, where the better your body is performing athletically, the less of your brain you're using. Um, and, the, and the reason is the body can't afford to send glucose to the brain when it needs to go to the muscles. Um, music, it's using more different parts. It's just like fireworks going off. This does not mean, does not mean that music is better for your brain than um, exercise. It does not mean that at all. It's just a different way of using your brain. And when you learn how to use your brain differently on purpose, um, that gets you unstuck. It gets you momentum uh, faster than anything else I know. I love it. I like without music, my life would be so boring. Like I, I always have it on and I'm like the nineties hip hop, hip hop kid, like the eighties, nineties. And so it's like, I blare like old school rap. I know my neighbors like love me. Um, cause we're all around the same age. <laughs> But sometimes they're like, can you turn that shit down? Um, it's 1 a.m. But, you know, I, I work late into the night, but you're so right. It's like, and with for someone who has ADHD, I know that like I'll set certain songs to get certain tasks done. Like, is that stupid? Or is that like me using a part of my brain that I just didn't know it was like tapping into a certain part of my brain or something? I would say if it works for you, keep doing it. Um, and for some people it doesn't work for, and well, right. don't do it. Yeah. Some people are like, that's really distracting. And I'm like, oh, for me, it puts me in the zone and I can focus. And so, yeah, I mean, this is just, it's fascinating. So when I was looking over some things yesterday, some things that you were saying is like, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. Yes. And I mean, I just jump right into it because I mean, I couldn't agree more. You can't grow a company and be all these things to all these people and be doing the work and be doing the sales and be doing the marketing and doing all these things. And so what are the steps that people can take to shift that mindset? So they understand that they, that you have to grow your team and you, you can't do everything by yourself. Um, the, the first one is to notice the pattern. Um, you don't have a problem in your life. You have a pattern in your life. And it, it's the pattern. Every year, um, you promise yourself next year, you're just going to try harder. Um, and then at the end of that year, you say, well, this year doesn't count. Do over. Um, this time, um, I'm really going to apply myself and next year is going to be different. And then at the end of that year, like you don't have a problem. It's, it's a pattern. It's a pattern of lacking clarity, a pattern of self-sabotage, a pattern of pulling up short um, and not really stepping up to what life is really calling you to, um, a pattern of something that keeps getting in the way. And so in the idea of um, productivity, there is a pattern 
there is a way of thinking. And the way of thinking says that action gets results. Well, I mean, how are you supposed to argue with that? That seems logical. And so if I take more action, I'm going to get more results. That makes so much sense. And this is a pattern. It is a way of thinking. Now, recognizing the pattern means to recognize what's actually happening. And for people that, that tend to think that way, well, they have more on their to-do list than they have time to get done. Um, they're always working harder and faster to clear it up. And they just end up with more at the end of the day than they had at the beginning of the day. So there's the pattern. And that's where we have to slow down and recognize, okay, it makes sense that it should work, but it doesn't seem to be working. So maybe instead of trying harder, <laughs> there is another way to solve this. Um, and what's even worse about that, uh, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind, is that if you're doing the work, um, you're reducing your income. Um, so you're falling behind because whatever you're doing, um, taking out the trash, uh, rescheduling things on your calendar, responding to emails, whatever it is that you're doing, in that block of time that you're doing it, there's like 27 other things that aren't getting done. And whatever you do, no matter how fast you are at it or how good you are at it, um, doing something doesn't address why it needed to be done to start with. So tomorrow, well, guess who's gonna be doing it again? This is a bad strategy that we can't solve with stubbornness. Now, at the same time, you're shooting yourself in the foot because if you look at your to-do list, this thing that we pride ourselves in checking things off, well, this will just take five minutes and I can get this done real quick in 10 minutes. Let me get this out of this way. If you look at those items, nine out of 10 of them could be delegated for $15 an hour. And so what this means is we are spending our best energy, our best creative, energetic, focused, excited, paying ourselves the least amount possible. Um, so yes, being focused on getting things done actually just puts you behind uh, with less money. So how do there, you, I, <laughs> I mean, again, I could not agree more. And like when we teach time blocking, I tell people like, I want you to list out the things that only you can do. And then when I go through it with them, I'm like, so you're telling me in your company, you're the only one that can, can do that. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, no, it, 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 <laughs> I promise you there's someone way better at doing these things because you have your passion list and the things that you love to do in your company. Now that's a different story. You know, I pick a few passion projects a year and they're not revenue generating, but it's passion but I can free up my time to go do those things when I outsource other things that A, I don't want to do, B, I'm not good at it. And I'm not going to learn it because at this point in my life, like I'm really confident in what I teach and, and technology changes so much. And that's what we teach. It's like, I got to keep up with that to be a good, effective speaker and a good teacher. So it's like researching new apps and things like that. I mean, that's the better use of my time, right? <laughs> It's the artist has to choose their colors. Um, yep. So yes. Yep. But is there one thing that anybody that's watching or listening that you would tell them like to get started in that mindset shift of what's one step that they can take to overcome that mindset of I have to be the one to do it? Like, is there, 
I'm sure you have like an amazing framework, but is there like one thing just to get started that they could do? Uh, yes, there is. And when you're in that, you know, nobody does this better than I do. Um, if, if I delegate it, they're just going to mess it up and I have to go back and fix it for them. If I write out the steps that I'm doing, um, that's just a waste of time because in documenting it, I could have just gone ahead and done it anyways. So this is a way of thinking. And because it's a way of thinking, um, the mind in this mode is blind to other ways of thinking. Like uh, it's this whole like right, wrong, good, bad. Um, anybody who disagrees with you is an idiot. <laughs> they, have, they, they have to be wrong, of course. Uh, they have to be, obviously. Um, so what I would say is step one, did you double your income last year? Did you double your time off? last year. Um, and, and maybe you say, well, no, no, I didn't because, you know, I was super busy and I had this and I didn't have the revenue to hire somebody. And I, no, 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 no reasons. No, re it doesn't matter why it does not matter why you either have results or you have reasons why you didn't get the result, but the people with the result don't have reasons because they're done. Now there are people every day and twice on Sunday, um, especially those that come to the mindset gym that did double their revenue and did double their time off because they rewired how they were thinking. So that's the first one. Just, is it working? Is it sustainable? Did you produce the result without reasons? Either you did or you didn't. The second one is who did produce that result? Who did double their revenue last year? in this field. Um, it's super interesting when they, they study um, whatever the field is like insurance sales or uh, law or whatever it is, you'll find somebody's making $300,000 a year and somebody's making $30,000 a year. And they both have the same city size, the same demographics, um, the same types of professional connections. It's not what's on their to-do list. It's how they think about what's on that list and what needs to be moved off of it. So the second question is, who is doing this? And the last question is, how could this be done if it was illegal for me to touch it? There illegal? are people. Yeah, like illegal. If it was illegal <laughs> for me to touch it, That's great. how could it still be done? And there are people that this is their reality. Um, sometimes like computer hackers, they have incredible genius and brilliance um, with code and um, the government doesn't know how to handle them. So they're like, it is illegal for you to touch any device that is connected to the internet. Um, so in their case, they can't even use a printer, a Wi-Fi printer, because the Wi-Fi eventually leads to the internet. So they can't even connect with that. Um, they can't have a smartphone, but their skill set, their gift, their genius is code. And so what they do is they type out their code on a manual typewriter and they print it up on paper and they send it to somebody who then re-encodes it back and gets it to the internet. But if it was illegal for you personally to do that work, how else could it get to be done? Um, and so this involves, well, building systems and building relationships, which is just a different way of thinking. Well, and also too, like, 
when I go and speak about time blocking and like making these lists and making these choices, but it's also having the discipline to do it. And, and it's hard like to discipline yourself, <laughs> but or it is for me sometimes I'm like, I would much rather go do this than do this. And to me, that's like a sign that I need to find someone else to do it because I'm not hundred percent present. If you'd rather be somewhere else than what your calendar says, that's not good. At least for me, yeah. that's when I started yeah. to notice it. And then, and a lot of people, I feel like that I meet that, you know, have this previous mindset. You don't, I didn't like 10 years ago. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that there was a different way of thinking. I didn't know because my parents were not entrepreneurs. But then when I, like I joined a professional organization and started to like be around all these people and I'm like, holy shit, they're just like me. Now they're not in the same field. And that doesn't even matter at this point because there's the big picture of just being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. So It, so the reason that I say that is because if you're listening, you're watching and you're like, okay, well, how is my mind like currently performing, but can I change and can I shift? Well, I did. I'm a completely different person. I think totally differently, which the output for me is that, you know, not that I eliminated people from my life, but they just phase out because there's nothing in common. We don't see eye to eye anymore. And like, that's okay. But people that you work with, do you find that they struggle with those old relationships moving into a different mindset and then forming like the new relationships? Um, after somebody comes to the mindset gym, it no thought is required, like you're done. Um, so in, in regards to old patterns, new patterns, new relationships, old relationships, um, it's yeah, similar to what I would say riding a bicycle. Um, And when you're, when you're five years old and they take off the training wheels and you don't have it yet, you haven't, it hasn't clicked. That's where most people are. And in that state where it hasn't clicked yet, they haven't felt the clarity. They haven't felt the confidence. They haven't experienced the momentum in that state. um, A well-meaning life coach or business coach or advisor or seminar you know, a speaker or a book or what comes alongside them and says, what you need to do is go faster because when you go faster, it's easier to balance and your brain goes, that's the dumbest idea I have ever heard. If I can't balance on this bicycle going slow, how is going, I mean, going fast is just going to make it worse. Now this is where we're at when we haven't felt the freedom of momentum or clarity or confidence or leadership where we haven't felt that. And the business advisor is telling us what to do. That's where we're at. You cannot change thinking with more thinking. It takes an internal felt experience. So on the bicycle, when the day comes that you do feel balance for the very first time, the instant your body feels the difference, your brain goes, oh my gosh, now I understand. Now here's the deal. Before your body felt it, no amount of information made a difference. After your body felt it, no amount of information was needed. That makes so it's, it makes so much sense. In the mindset gym, we don't give you advice. We give you experience. Yeah. Would it be okay if I shared maybe some thinking patterns and what they look like? Yes. Yes. Tell us. All right. All right. Let's do that. Uh, uh, I'm going to pull my screen up here. 
um, share a couple things. So here, here we're looking at the corn maze. When you're in the weeds, you're not sure what you should do. Now, this is the try harder approach. Um, uh, I've been trying to have this conversation with my spouse and they, and I just need to get the words right. And eventually they will hear me. They'll understand this is trying harder, right? Um, okay. There's more on my to-do list than I have time to get done. But if I just work a little bit harder, eventually I'll be able to clear it up. That's what it's like being in the weeds. And you don't know if you should go left or right. But when you stand on a ladder, you can see the whole maze and instantly it's crystal clear. And the difference between being in the weeds and total clarity is about two feet. So some people, um, when they come to the mindset gym, the first thing we do is map out how their mind is solving those problems, because that's where we can see where they're, you know, out of the corn maze. Now, some people, and I mentioned this earlier, I want to show this thinking pattern where there's a high value on taking action. And, and right here in the graph that we're looking at, you can see the part of the mind that makes sense of action and practical cause and effect. This part of the mind is up really high, showing it's really attentive um, to solving problems by taking action. If this person was lost in the woods, they go, hey, we need to go that way. It, they're like, we're burning daylight, hustle up, go, 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 go. But you can also see on the sides that they have a, a lower value on time spent planning. And for this person, um, planning feels like a, a waste of productivity. Why write it down? It's organized on my head. By the time I write it down, it could have gotten done. Um, they have a lower value on connecting with people and emotional bank deposits. Doesn't matter how you feel. Just, just do the work and you'll get the results. Um, and so we call this way of thinking the chevron of stress whenever it, it shows up because it makes so much sense that action gets results. But what happens in reality is you just end up with more and more to do and less and less results and in income and freedom to show for it. It's very stressful. Now, there are some people, and you probably know somebody like this who owns multiple businesses, but they don't work multiple full-time jobs. As a matter of fact, the less they work, the more they make. That's not because they're lucky. It's because their mind solves problems differently. And when we map out that thinking pattern, we can see it. I want to show you an example of that here. Notice that for the person that tends to make more, the less they work. They own four businesses, but they work 10 hours a week. They always have more than enough time for family, always have more than enough time for community involvement. They have very little value for taking action. Taking action is the last thing on their mind. But we see the way their brain solves problems. It has an incredible value on planning and an incredibly high value. It's very important to them to connect with people emotionally, that they feel seen, heard, and valued. And this is counterintuitive. Why is it that the person who values action the least has the most? Well, whenever this pattern shows up, we call it the leadership V because, and, and if you're, if you're able to watch the podcast, you can see the shape it makes and why we call it the V. Um, the leader's job is to build systems and relationships because when you build systems and relationships, you never have to do the work again. The hustle and grind mentality is just get it done. And if you're getting it done, then you're still going to be the one doing it tomorrow. So it's only working backwards. We call this the leadership V. In short, the question earlier, which is how can somebody get out of that mentality? 
Yes. And if I could just sum it down to one phrase is stop doing things and start causing them to be done instead. I love this. This is, it's so good, but it is, it is a mindset. And I do think like starting off, I would say and for me in the first seven years, I did everything. And I was, just, I mean, I was drowning and I had a full-time job at the hospital. Like what, what was Oh my doing? gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I taught gymnastics. It's like just, you know, burning fuel. I was listening to um, Donald Miller yesterday. He just came out with a new, a new book and he was speaking to one of the organizations I'm in. And he was saying that it's like calories, like think about burning calories. And when you're burning too many calories, doing the things that you really shouldn't be doing, then you don't have the calories left to do like the big picture thinking. And I was not like that. Again, I didn't know, but it's really shifted over time. And so, but the, the way that you describe it and the way that you show it, it simplifies everything. Like it's, it's so good. So one more question, and this is my favorite because we all, I say it all the time, work, let's work smarter, not harder. And I, and like I do, but what I mean when I say that is let's, Let's spend the 40 hours this month to automate and put a process in a Google doc. We're going to make a video library of how to do all the shit the way you would do it. And we're going to document, get it all out of your head. And then we're going to start automating and build those processes. But then you have to train the right people that you're hiring to do those things. And the people that are passionate about the things that need to get done, things are just so much better. Everybody is happier. Company culture is better. But as a leader, I, I've realized over the years, like if I'm not a clear, if I'm not clear, like you're, you're saying clarity, clarity is speed. And if I'm not clear, my team's not clear. And one of the best exercises one of my mentors had me do was go and talk to all my team members, ask them all the same question. And if someone in an elevator asked you, like, what, what do you do in 30 seconds? What would you say? And if all the team members couldn't really rattle off the same thing, then that was my fault. And I did have a problem because I needed to clarify and be very clear what we were doing. And that's the difference between really big companies and building their company culture and, and staying close to every single person to make sure they know the mission or things fall apart. And the turnover is really high. I mean, it's just a shit show. Uh, I mean, I can name a few companies, big companies. I mean, Xfinity and Comcast. Oh my God, like the company culture. I mean, we're talking about certain, like my internet is going in and out. And then my mic is like, I can't, can't. And I'm like, I know I pay the most money to have the fastest internet in my fucking neighborhood. Like, I know this for a fact because people will come and bump off and they need something. <laughs> so it's like, how is this not working? So when Google, Google Fiber comes in, I'm like, oh, it would be a shame to spend a day taking everything from Xfinity, re rewiring, routing, security, all the shit. But I also know if I took that day and I did it, how much frustration and freedom and time am I clearing out? And yes, my assistant or VA could do this work and schedule all this shit, but they're busy too. And they're doing the client work. So then it goes to a personal assistant who needs to be packing and doing laundry because I'm leaving in 70 hours, you know? So it's like, somebody's got to deal with it. Somebody does. So, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, but what is that work smarter, not harder? What you say it very differently. 
It's a lie. You say it's a lie. What does that mean? I say, I say work smarter, not harder is a lie. Um, and the reason I say it's a lie, hopefully we can still be friends after this podcast. Totally. Um, the, <laughs> the reason I say it's a lie is because it's a truism. It sounds, it sounds like it makes sense. It sounds wise and helpful. It's a truism, but it's empty. And the reason it's empty is because you cannot think of what doesn't already make sense. Working smarter, trying to work smarter, just has you spending more effort coming up with the same kinds of ideas and strategies that already make sense. And what makes sense is what has you in that situation to start with. This is back to the bicycle. When somebody comes and says, you need to go faster because it's easier to balance, but you haven't yet felt the difference you're like, that's a bad idea. That's, that's, I'm telling you, that's a bad idea. This is the, the three truths that I, that I give for working smarter. Um, number one, you are currently doing everything you know to do. Like you were already working hard. And so we know that working harder isn't going to make a difference. Number two, everything you're doing is a good idea. I mean, come on, you're no dummy, right? If it didn't make sense, you wouldn't be doing it. So what that means is working smarter isn't going to make a difference or it would have by now. Number three, the breakthrough in your situation will at first sound like a really bad idea because if it made sense to do, you'd already be doing it. Um, now, how do we access thinking at a higher level if you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle? Um, there's, there's a couple ways we do this. Um, obviously, I mean, selfishly in my world, we do that with the Nobel nominated mind scan because by mapping it out, we can get you out of the weeds in about 10 minutes. Um, but outside of the mind scan or the mindset gym, um, there are four ways we can do that. Number one is a champion in your life. A champion is somebody who is currently doing it. The problem with the champion is they already think this way. And they, because it's the water they swim in, they can't explain to you what they're doing different. So please don't ask them. Here's what you do with a champion in your life. The person who can model it is you sit on the floor in their office and you watch them take calls and you take notes on how they speak to people. And by just observing, you will begin to absorb that energy and your mind will start to think like theirs does. Um, this is a slow process, but that's how you can do it. Um, obviously a coach. Um, somebody that knows the specific exercises, the mindset pushups that make those new connections so you can have the clarity and confidence you need. The next one is a community. When you are surrounded by people who are also doing it, um, then you are forced to also do it or you get kicked out of the community. Here, small caveat about the community. Um, there are two communities. One of them is a group of people who are like you and they want to do it. Bad community. We don't need more of the same. The other one is a community of people who are already doing it. And the problem is if you aren't already doing it to join that community, it's going to be very, very expensive, which is kind of the point. We need that pain. Um, and the last one is a crucible moment. A crucible moment is something that is so impossible that it forces your mind to rewire itself to stay alive. If you have run a half marathon, great. Sign up for a hundred mile ultra marathon because at some point in the hundred miles, your brain will have to reinvent itself to finish the race. It is so, it's a crucible, right? It's a fiery pressure test that rewires the body. Have you found that when 
uh, the, you know, the whole pandemic, depending on when you're listening or watching, it was April of 2020 <laughs> and it doesn't matter what today is, but let's just say we're like, you know, two years into it. And did you find that people were more willing to shift the mindset or do, or they were open to learning something differently because they were pushed into a very uncomfortable zone with all the pandemic stuff that, hey, we have to do things differently. So if I'm going to do things differently now, I guess I should go ahead and implement other different things. Like, I feel like you would have this uptick in business because people are like, oh my God, I have the mental space or the time. Some people do working from home, some don't. But was there a shift for you at all for people to like be a little bit more open because they had the capacity? Uh, I personally uh, didn't experience a shift. Um, I had friends in the mindset space that did. Um, but then again, the work that they are doing is very different from the work that I'm doing. Um, the majority of people in the mindset space are life coaches mm -hmm. and I'm not a life coach. I'm a trainer at a mindset gym. You're going to come in and work and do mindset pushups. Cause that's what physically changes the structure of your thinking patterns. Um, but that's not, that's not sexy, right? That that's not attractive. Um, so I, life coaches that were in the mindset space yet, the ones that I know that they did very well during the pandemic. So I want to know, like, so how do you go to the mindset gym? Like, is it at a, a place in the United States or like, is it online? Like, how do I come to the mindset gym? <laughs> the mindset gym is online. Um, okay. it, it is a virtual space, um, it, but it's a virtual space where the mindset pushups occur. Mindset pushups are like little bicycles. Um, and as a result of riding that particular bicycle, and there's hundreds of them, um, it makes a new connection in your heart and mind. And this is what allows somebody, um, for example, okay, we had a, a stay-at-home mom. No, no. Well, we do have a stay-at-home mom. I might as well tell about her. Um, yeah. And she was frustrated by not having the clarity. Um, people would ask her, like, what does she want? What does she like? And she would be frustrated by, like, she couldn't put it into words. And she was also frustrated not having the confidence um, to step up. She felt life was calling her to something bigger. And, and she just didn't have the kind. So she was really frustrated with that comes into the gym. And one month later, one month later, she had made so many new connections in her heart and mind had total clarity on what life was calling her to and realized, and this is absolutely mind blowing, realized that her gift, like her zone of genius was worth $10,000 an hour. Um, now I know that sounds like snake oil. So I want to tell you wow. a little bit about for her, what it was. Um, she has uh, just a really special ability when it comes to examining demographic trends in cities. And when she spends about 40 hours um, looking at trends, who's moving in, who's moving out, what development's popping up, who just pulled a permit, um, she's able to spot investment opportunities that every other investor in that area is totally blind to. Um, I mean, this is a true genius for her. And those investments net her on average $400,000 in, in profit to her. Um, now, because of this new connection, not only the clarity and the confidence because of this, um, her family is radically changed um, to the point that her husband left his job to effectively come and work for her company. Um, because now they're just like, 
really making a difference in their family's future by capitalizing on her unique contribution. Um, had another lady, she's making 300,000 a year. She's doing um, author publishing, coaching, that kind of thing. Uh, but she's very frustrated because she's got these four little kids at home. They are all under the age of eight. If you've ever had a little kid, you know, it's like having a blender without a top and she's got four of them going on. Right. So she comes home from work and what do you do? Well, you got to keep the house from burning down and you got to keep the kids from starving and you got to make sure that they get clothed and fed and homework and ready for school. And, and so she's just miserable because when she comes home from work, she wants to be present with her kids and she's just busy around her kids. And I mean, her husband's a great guy, but he's not hearing it. He's not seeing it. He's not understanding what she is trying to get him to understand. And this goes on for eight years. Well, comes to the mindset gym, does the mindset pushups, gets the clarity on what her mind was missing, gets the confidence on what her heart was missing goes back and has that conversation, but now she's having it at a much higher level. She's out of the weeds. She can see clearly now she's out of the weeds. And in that conversation, her husband finally understood what she was trying to explain. And they created 10. This is like my favorite story. I mean, beyond the people that went from six figures to seven figures or seven to eight beyond that, this is my absolute favorite story. They created 10 free hours a week for her to be present with her kids and not busy around her. And then with that momentum, she went back to her company, completely restructured the employee roles and tasks. And that created 33 hours a week for her to be creatively working on the business, not in the overwhelm operational weeds. Um, but this does happen in a virtual space called the mindset gym where you come and learn the mindset pushups. It takes most people about three months to master all of them. Um, but just like riding a bicycle, once you have felt the difference, once your mind has seen the difference, you have it the rest of your life. It's just like, you know, now I can say this, but when I first started a business, my very first mentor who was like 87 years old and he owned all these nursing homes. And I'm like, what is he going to teach me about owning a wedding planning company? Because at that time we, I was just doing weddings for fun. And he would like scream and cuss and like, you know, put his hand on the table and he'd be like, God damn it, Angela. Like, I just told you. Her. I respond to stuff like that. Like I grew up in a household like that. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it was never an approach. He was amazing, but it's like, I didn't understand because I hadn't felt anything yet. And then now, you know, then, I mean, I'm 22 years in and it's like, sometimes I just know like my niece who's 19 and she makes really bad decisions, but she's an amazing girl. I mean, she works for my company and I'm like, my mom is can't just tell her about the time that you, I was like, mom, she is going to have to go through a few things on her own to feel it. And you know, before she's going to understand that she made a bad decision. So you yelling at her, telling her that this is a bad, she's not hearing you. So just stop. I'm not wasting my breath and I completely change the subject, but people around me and my family who aren't, don't think the way I think. And that's okay. I mean, I teach people to reframe and be very grateful and thankful for the people around you who don't think like you, because that's what makes the business go. And, but when, when I try to use it on family, it, it doesn't go very well, but when they're like, rah, rah, I was like, okay, I'm leaving. Bye. And I leave, I get in my car and I go home. 
And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And if they bring it up, I change the subject. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but it's like, I know that we can't teach my niece all these things. She says she has to feel it. And yeah, so I 100% agree on like on that. If people want to get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to go to learn more? Uh, smoke signals. Um, I spend a lot of time outside, just send a plane over my house. We'll get in touch. Um, I am busy on Facebook. Um, I, okay. I tend to interact well on Facebook. Um, so Jared Hanning, H-A-N-I-N-G, single in. Um, uh, website, the Mindset Gym, uh, mindsetperformance.co. Um, if, if anything has resonated with you or bothered you or pissed you off or whatever in this conversation, um, I would just say, don't take my word for it. Like, don't believe me. Um, just try it for yourself and, and see if you think it it's relevant to, to what's going on in your situation. Um, just try for yourself. Don't, don't believe me at all. Um, that's about all I can think of. And one last question. So, and you clearly know like the value of time, like it's very precious. It's fun when I go speak, I'm like, how many of you think it's priceless? Time's priceless. And, you know, cause you hear young entrepreneurs say that I'm like, yeah, in some circumstances, but it's really precious. But is there one thing that you do in your company to make sure that you can be present and you can free up that time to be creative? Like, is there one thing that you do where it's like, I can't live without this? Okay. Um, every, every quarter, um, you only need to do this for one or two days but it is, uh, I, I don't know the word for it. Um, it's, it's humbling. Um, it's infuriating. Um, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. I don't know what to call it. Every quarter, um, I want to share with you a way of tracking your time. Again, you only need to do this once a quarter and you only need to do this for one or two days. Um, uh, so, so the wrong way to track your time is, is to go to a productivity seminar um, I, I normally say this in the story, um, and get all fired up that you're going to suddenly be productive. And, um, so you get a, you get a spreadsheet and, and you break, um, and again, I hope we can be friends after this. Um, <laughs> you, you get a spreadsheet and, and you break your day up into like little 15 minute increments and you're going to document your time. You're going to start tracking that. your time and documenting it. And, and then, um, and then that way you'll know where you're spending it. And if anybody has ever tried to do this, what happens is after an hour, you start to spend more time getting it to fit into those little neat 15 minute blocks. And by the end of the day, you realize you have spent more time trying to document it than what the benefit would have revealed anyways, and you quit, you don't get any benefit. So here's what to do instead, um, get whatever you take your notes on, whether it's, it's your phone, you can do this in a spreadsheet, um, you piece of paper, whatever it is, rather than documenting your time, do this instead write down when you switched from one task to another task. Um, okay. So 10 o'clock in the morning, um, I've had some contracts. I had to finish an email. So I'm an email. So 10 o'clock email. Right. And then, um, Oh crap. I wonder what my friend's sister's baby puppy doing from Christmas on Instagram. So you pull up Instagram. Well, you got to write that down because you switched from email to Instagram. So 10 30 Instagram. And so you get, oh, God, I got to get back to work. Okay. And so then you're checking messages. So now it's 1040. Okay. I'm checking messages. When you switch from one task to the next task, write the time that it happened and write the task. Now you don't have to spend any time getting your life to fit and you document it very easily. Here is the beauty and pain of this exercise. 
is at the end of the day, in 30 seconds, you can look at that list and know exactly how much time did you spend in your $500 or $1,000 activity. You'll know right away. And the beauty is you have just created a list for your virtual assistant. These are the tasks that you don't need to be doing anyways. I love that. Yay. And how to train a virtual assistant is a whole different podcast episode. Yes, it is. But it does exist. And I love that. Well, and it's funny because when you hear the word time blocking or you hear the word productivity, what, how you define it and how I define it is very different. Like I would never tell someone who's never time blocked. Um, I think that way is great. It's a great way to get started. But then when we say time blocking, like we don't do it that way at all. In fact, I encourage people to block full days for their clients and you're only working on that client mm-hmm. and, or we, we sell in time blocks. So it's like a half day or a full day. Mm-hmm. And then that helps with capacity. And so we see 250 plus events a year. And then after 10 years of craziness, and I hired a real accountant and, and a real business manager. Um, they're like, what, what are you doing? Like, if you just do 30 full service and just focus on those 30, you're, you'll be way more profitable, which I didn't know what net and gross and all that was back then. And so now I try to encourage people, especially in the hospitality and service space, you know, less it is best usually, but that goes back again to like, the more you're doing, the less your income, like it just all makes a lot of sense. So, but it, it was, it was, it took two years to like make that shift because, and I had to remove myself because I feel sorry for people and I would be bankrupt. I'm like, yes, we'll help you. And it's like, no, you need a bulldog to ask questions. It's black and white. These are the numbers. If, if they can't pay this, if it's not, it's not worth your time, you're paying them to do events. You can't do that and grow a company. So I had to remove myself and it was, it was hard. Um, it was very hard for like emails and calendar, but when you put somebody else in control, that's really good at it. It feels so good. And people are like, well, what if that person leaves or what if something happens to that person? Well, that's why you document your process. We, we also do videos and yes, you have to train people and, and it's a, it's a two-way street. You give time to get something back. So you give an assistant or a VA time so you can get time back in the long run. So we're, we're completely on the same page. It's just, you say it a little bit differently. And then the starting point is a little different, but I think some of the people that come to us, they need you first because some of it, they don't even have the mindset. And because I have no patience anymore, I just fire them. I'm like, I can't work with these people. This done, yeah. no, done. And usually, we off we them. <laughs> yeah, I would, I mean, definitely recommend for anybody to start with like a business consultant, a business coach, somebody who has the systems and processes in place, just plug and play, start with that. Um, but if you've already done that and it's not, it's not working, um, then yes, the mindset gym, uh, let, let's remove anything in that space that you might not be aware of unspoken subconscious. Uh, let's clear that so that you can color and create freely. Um, yeah, 
This is awesome. Y'all go check out all the stuff. We'll put all the links in the blog and in social media. Everybody, thank you so much for watching or listening and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at AngelaProfit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.